Mississippi. I'm doing very well. Very well. Good. Been flying lately? I'm going to fly this weekend. Got Woo-hoo. my, uh, got my um, uh, hang test done and got my wing in the mail and everything's ready to go. going to take it out this weekend. So I can't remember last week. Did you say how many lines were? Seven. Seven. Seven and one was ripped from the, from the canopy. So it had to be repaired. So I'm glad I sent it in. I couldn't have repaired that at home. So yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Great. So. Evo, what about you? What's new? Getting drunk. <laughs> On bush latte. On <laughs> bush latte. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Been flying lately? No, I haven't even hardly unpacked from Oshkosh, but I'd say the next flyable day after this, I need to get up in there because it's been about a week and I'm jonesing. You had some really nice uh, videos from Oshkosh, though. Yep. Got to get that garbage content. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So tonight we've got a guest and he's um, an instructor and he's a paramotor pilot. So we're going to like this because most of our, our viewers are paramotor people. So let's welcome Jordan in. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, Jordan. Hey, Hannah. Hi. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, both of you. 
So we, well, what I'm 30, I'm going to be 31 here next month. You're going to be 32 months. Yeah. Yeah. Just little babies, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've been, uh, I've been in aviation since I was a kid. So uh, I kind of gravitated towards anything and everything that flew. And uh, once you start realizing that, uh, you know, getting into aviation is not cheap. I started gravitating towards things that were cheaper, which happened to be paramotoring. So we got into that in 2008. Me and my dad went into some training. And, uh, you know, on the other side of it, I ended up, you know, flying now for four, well, was that, 14 years. So, yeah, it's been it's been a good uh, experience. I, I mean, it's my passion and hobby now. And I think you'd attest to that. I spend more time doing that than anything. So, so you started uh, PBG in 2008? I did. Yeah. Started out in Minnesota, central Minnesota, where I learned. And uh, we moved out to Utah here in the last couple of years now. So I've been flying out in this area in the West. And it's been, you know, more than the dream come true, really, being able to fly in the mountains. And, you know, Minnesota's great and all, but uh, a little bit more scenery here to fly around. So what's the biggest difference between now and back then in terms of learning or or using the gear and all that? I mean, the principles have, you know, stayed the same, obviously. It's uh, the, the training itself was very similar to, uh, I, I guess one thing that was different was I, I trained by getting towed behind a pickup truck with a winch, which felt a little bit weird at the time. You know, I was in high school and I was kind of like, this is how you, you learn this. But, uh, you know, I've come to realize more so that a lot of people do train with stuff like that, whether it's a boat or a truck or an ATV or a winch of any kind. So. But other than that, I mean, I, I have seen the technology change quite a bit. You know, back then, mosters didn't exist and cleanies weren't where they are. So, it was, you know, the engines were a lot different back then and a little bit more reliable these days. So, and getting parts for them alone is way easier, too. So, all right. So, <clears throat> Steve and I were out at. Oshkosh EAA in Wisconsin this last week, and we found out you were also. Yep, that's correct. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> it wasn't really a trip for me that was uh, focusing on paramotoring. It was an actual work trip for me, so it wasn't like uh, fun like it usually could be. But I mean, still fun in some respects. But it was work in the end. So. So what were you doing there? So I work full time for a company called Apario Systems, which is based out of Fargo, North Dakota, which is our hometown, and. Uh, Basically, that company does a lot of work with uh, ADSB receivers and uh, transponders and then flight data recorders. So I focus more on the flight data recorder side of things. And I do a lot of work with uh, uh, the customers, getting them onboarded and making sure they're set up properly. And then, you know, selling the software and, and working with them throughout the, the lifespan of those. So basically a, a safety device for commercial helicopters and aircraft. So. Okay. So were you able to get out to the ultralight field and maybe cross paths with us? I did. I mean, I, I did walk out there. You know, it's only about a four and a half mile walk from the main air show center. And I was too uh, scared to take the tram. So I went for a walk and, on my lunch break and uh, got out there. And right away when I walked in, I met some guys from that I knew from Minnesota. So got to hang out with those guys for a little bit and then had to get back to work. So that's all I really got from the ultralight field. All right. Um, so I just want to thank everybody for watching tonight and hanging out because I'm sure a lot of you are still in that flying mode and thanking Paramom, Linda Anderson, John Wayne, Gladys, Lukey. Hey, girl. 
um, Bill H, Travis, and Montana. Tim is in the house. Angela, my girl. We're still trying to connect on phone calls, Missy. Tango. And I don't know if I said John Wayne already. And Daniel, thanks for joining. Let's see, who else? Oh, and we can't forget Copay. Yeah, I was going to say Copay's in here. Yeah. Pretty much our, our usuals in here. Did you say Bill H? Bill, Bill, Bill H. H. I wouldn't miss Bill H. No, don't miss Bill H. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so hope everybody is having some good flying. Um, I got to tell you, um, last night uh, we were out at the airport and working with a student and um, I think she was a little hesitant and we're working with her on trike and she's been doing towing with the trike and working on the wing control. And I said, okay, I think you're ready for, well, Eric was saying this, saying that she was ready to go motor on. And she's like, I just don't know. I said, you know what? I'm willing to show you because I haven't been in a trike since before June 7th, since I think Wendy and Justin were here. And uh, um, that's when we last flew, I think, when they were here, um, just probably the weekend. My surgery was on a Tuesday, and I think it was the weekend that we flew. And um, so I got in the trike last night, and I nailed it. It's like, granted, it was Eric's trike, and it was um, a smaller BGD wing. wasn't my 28-meter. Um, I mean, this, this gal that um, we're training, she's soaking wet 100 pounds. So it was a lot smaller wing. And I got it up, and it that thing was going to shoot over me, and I quick pumped the brakes, and and I ended up going down halfway down the runway. And for those of you that have been here, there's like a section where it narrows and I was able to taxi and turn around and come back. So I still got it. That's good. That means you're going to be able to fly soon. I hope so. So maybe this weekend. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about maybe going down to our, our school down by Madison this weekend. So, yeah. We have a so, question from D Bart. What? Uh, West. It says, hi from Nevada. Jordan, are there people working on ADS-B for PPG and PPC and RC airplanes? Yeah, so that is actually a very common question, uh, especially within our realm here. That there are people that are working on it, and specifically uh, UAvionics, I know, which is actually one of our competitors, is making a, I can't think of it, the Ping 220i, I believe. It's a very small little chip that you just basically apply power to it, and it does give an ADS-B out signal. Um, it's not, I don't know the right word for it. I don't want to say it's not certified, because it's definitely not certified, but it's its uh, its something that we're working on trying to integrate into our uh, ADS-B system, because right now ADS-B requires an N number and then all this sort of registration and everything. So obviously we don't have N numbers with PPG. Some PPCs do, but... Um, Definitely in the uh, the RC world too, with you know UAVs especially with the you know the drone stuff going on. There's there's definitely ADS-B technology being put into those things right now. Um, it's just a matter of time before it becomes something for us. I believe now I don't know when that's going to be, and I don't know how realistic it's going to be, but it's definitely going to be an option for us at some point. So let's hope that it increases the safety. You know, P 
people having some way to see us before we have to use our eyes like that. So, do you have any idea when the next meeting is with the FAA? As far I don't. As I can't say. I guess I, I. I don't know. From my understanding, though, I. I don't think they're seriously considering a lot of stuff. Now, I do know there has been a lot of talk on Facebook recently. What there are some people that are advocating and pushing towards this stuff, especially with that new. Uh, um, that beyond visual line of sight stuff that was going on was <laughs> PPA sent out to everybody too. So there is definitely chat about ADSB stuff for PPG, uh, PPG especially, but I don't know if there's anything new with it at this point. Yeah. All right. All right. So this is our student, the soaking wet hundred pound girl. Hi. <laughs> so How's her ankle? It's good. It's a lot better. <laughs> She's here to train with Eric again tonight. So, yeah. yeah. That's great. Oh. Yeah. And Teddy is telling her off. <laughs> I'm going to go on mute. You guys keep going. All right. Uh, let's see. We've got a question here. Do you have a website or social media? We do, she yes. Usually yep. end right. the show question, but we'll go ahead and get it over with. Sure. It's uh, it's <laughs> CashValleyPPG.com, or you can just Google uh, Cash Valley Paramotor. We should come up. Same with our Instagram. It's all the same stuff. It's Cash Valley PPG or Cash Valley Paramotor, and you should be able to find us on there too. We all, you know, I, I operate Cash Valley Paramotor with two of my buddies out here, um, Alex Childers and Braden Butler, and they also have Instagram handles too. And you can check all of us out. We're all tagged in all of our posts all the time. So we're constantly throwing stuff up there on our stories and everything too. So we're always having fun trying to get social media out there. Facebook? Are you, are you on Facebook? We do have Facebook too. Yeah, it should all be the, under the same stuff. I think it's all linked together. So you should be able to, if you find one of them, you should be able to find the link to the other. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so tell us a little bit about Cash Valley Paramotors. How long have you guys been in business and how many people have you trained? Well, whew, I can find a number on that actually. About. <laughs> We started, so essentially what happened was we, we've been teaching people out here in this area for a little while now, I'd say, you know, closer to two years. Um, and uh, at one point last year, we just kind of said, you know, we have all this interest. People are constantly hitting us up, trying to, you know, get into it. We should just make it a business. And it was like, well, then it's all official and everything, blah, blah, blah. One night we just filed the paperwork, made it an LLC, and then was off the races. We started doing everything we could to get it all up and running, made a website, started making forms and waivers and trading syllabuses and all this stuff. So we secured dealerships, and then we've been just having a blast getting it all set up. And I think now I would say closer, we've had closer to probably, you know, the 20 range of students in the last year. So it's been good so far. We're, we have a wait list. We're just trying to figure out what works with our schedules and uh, kind of go from there. Cause all of us are full-time employees at other companies and this is our side job. So right. trying to find time to do it. And you know, the weather, we don't have like established classes. We just find a good night, send out an information you know, to everybody saying, Hey, we're going to be here. Come on out. If you're ready, get a bunch of people together. So now I'm going to show, share um, some stuff about where you're at. This is yeah. pretty awesome where you're at. This <laughs> yeah. is the so, view you have. Yeah, that's uh, that's at the uh, Logan Airport here. So uh, KG wow. or KLGU. So if there's a little closed runway on the uh, the west side of the field that's not used anymore, and uh, we just kind of go out there because there's tons of grass, tons of wide open space, and then we go, you know, can do pretty much anything from there. So take off. And 
So you you're you fly trike also, obviously. We do. Yep. We recently got the trike uh be a few months back now and we've been using the crap out of it really and that uh, looks is, like, is that a zenith it is it is yeah we went to zenith with the fly product or the, the the cosmos 300 on it so yep. okay beautiful scenery yeah it's a very versatile area that we have because we have the wide flat valley but we also are surrounded by mountains on all sides so you can you can pick an LZ on the uh, on the side there. You can get a lot of mountain flights in, or you can go right to the center, which is where the airport's at, and then you have all this flat area, which is really safe for training because just a bunch of pasture land out there. Nice. I like this one. This was beginning. <laughs> <laughs> That's an expensive expression. Yeah, it is. Anything to make a good reel, right? <laughs> Your wife is going to do the next one. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you make it good, girl. <laughs> I don't wow. feel like you'd be comfortable holding the phone without a tether on it, though. I'm always doing that. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> wow, this is beautiful. So, how does that air, the surrounding area affect your winds where you train? Like, does it calm it down quite a bit? Do you get some rotor? Do you get catabatic winds or? Yeah, so catabatic winds is definitely a real concern for us. We usually notice it, you know, anywhere from an hour to, you know, five minutes, you know, 15 minutes, whatever, after sunset even. So we usually take that into consideration. And we've only had a few nights where we've seen, like, you know, some pretty strong catabatic winds. But they're, they're usually fairly predictable about when it happens. But other than that, the, the valley itself stays pretty calm. We're kind of sheltered in a nice bowl. So it's... Uh, we get a lot of high winds up, you know, really high up above the mountains, but down where we're at, it's very variable and the, the winds stay pretty calm for the most part. And that's why we get a lot of good training nights and a lot of flight hours out here. And for uh, some of us, including myself, that <clears throat> haven't flown in a lot of catabatic winds, do you want to explain the challenges or anything yeah. with that or what that is? For sure. Yeah. So catabatic winds are essentially... At some point during the day, you know, you have the wind that's pushing up the side of the mountain. You know, it, it'll just constantly beat up the side of the mountain the whole time. And then as the sun sets, it loses that energy and the wind will slowly die. Now, as that happens, that, that energy basically reverses and it comes back down the mountain because there's nothing else propelling it upwards. So it'll, it'll shift 180 degrees from what it was and it come right back down the mountain. And depending on how much energy is in the wind, that can become really strong. So biggest challenge with it is is trying to for one you know be aware of it so that you know that it's going to be a case you know a situation you might have to deal with and then two is if you land or if you took off in one of our spots that we especially go from we take off downhill when the sun's up and then sometimes when the sun sets you have to land uphill which is kind of a challenge so you get used to it but you can you also just got to try to time it out right so it's not so dangerous basically is there anything that happens while you're flying while that occurs well, if you stay away from the mountain, you won't notice it actually. And it's kind of odd how that works. But if you if you were to fly well away from the, the faces of the mountain, you wouldn't even know it's, it is catabatic. And you could actually be 100 feet up and you won't feel a thing. But as you come back down, you'll hit a wind shear layer that, uh, that the catabatic winds are causing and you'll notice it. And it can get kind of uh, aggressive, I guess is the best way to put it. But, you know, really it's, it's only happening on, you know, a relative ground level. So you don't really want to be anywhere near the mountainside when it happens, just because it is sink. You know, there's no longer lift. It, it, it can get kind of, uh, kind of wonky, to say the least. Wow. I like this one, I think. 
So do you do this with flying with your wife? You know, you haven't actually flown. Well, we, we don't take the trike over to these spots as often because it's hard to get from the airport over to the mountains just because of the, the, the traffic in the airport. Uh, USU, uh, Utah State does have an aviation program, so there's a ton of students flying. So you either have to like go well around the airport or you have to go up really high and get over there. So it's it's a waste of time and gas to get there sometimes. So it's we just got to we haven't done it over there yet. We just no. we have to do it. It's so much easier to get to the airport and set it up than it is to go to some of these other spots too. But so in this video here, how far are you from your little airport that you took off from? Uh, well, this one when I took off here, I took off from one of our uh, our spots, one of the parks, kind of close to the side mounds. But from the airport itself, I'd say it's about probably a three to four mile straight line. Oh, okay. It's not too far, but it is right over the center of town, and then of course you have to go through the pattern. So. All right. Is this one of your students? Yep. And he actually, uh, if you go to my story right now, you'll see he just had his third flight last night. And uh, nice. he's uh, he's been killing it. He just bought a wing and he's trying to get a motor now. And uh, he's he's been having a blast. So Great. Is he a local boy? He is, yes. He's actually, he's more local than all of us. He's I think he grew up here. So Nice. His wife and kids come out every time he's out training and flying with us. And they just love watching him. So. So um, how's it been so far, like actually starting a school, like challenges or like the good feelings that you get from it? Well, you, you chase the high of those first flights when a student comes down, they land and they have the smile, but it is incredibly nerve wracking <laughs> the first time. And I'm sure you guys probably can understand that, but it's, uh, you know, your, your heart's constantly beating during that first flight, but the second they come down and they make it safely and they're just, their smiles for the next 24 hours is just great. So, I know, it's like one of your own kids. It is. It really is. Because you build up a bond with these guys. You spend a lot of time, you know, for, you know, two, three weeks, sometimes more than that. And then you get to know them really well. And you're spending all your evenings with them away from your wife at home. <laughs> so, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's just been tough kind of figuring out some of those, uh, the challenges of being, you know, the instructor and, and, you know, flipping the side of it where I have to now have someone else's life in my hands more so than my, my own. So. Right. It's a little bit different, but still very rewarding. Oh, this might be the one I like. Yeah, that was just, uh, that, that was, was that in the, it was right before the fourth this last month. So up in Idaho, the St. Anthony dunes up there, there's a bunch of sweet random dunes in the middle of nowhere, basically. So wow. we had to fly there for the first time and it was pretty windy, but we were, we made it work. Oh no, that's not it. You're flying boring like me. One of these a loop de loop. Yeah. I gotta do the glamis dunes this year, and that was like one of my most favorite flights I've ever done, ever. I see we always drive down to Salton, but like I said, we all have full-time jobs, so none of us ever, you know, make the trip to Flying Circus. It would make it's perfect mix, you know, perfect sense to go from Glamis to Flying Circus, but we always just want to get back home after Salton. So one of these years we just gotta take a day at Salton and go over there. Yeah. So close too. I know it's, it's less than an hour to get there. Right. Wow, really? Mm -hmm. Pretty yeah, much. It's real close. Huh. Well, where is my favorite video of you? I know. I thought I used it in the intro. That scenery is just gorgeous. I know. 
that there, this is still uh, Idaho. This is actually pretty close to the St. Anthony Dunes. It's right behind the Tetons in the in the Driggs Valley area. Wow, that's beautiful. Luis, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Um, we can meet. We can meet there. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is. I think this is it. <clears throat> Wee! <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> in the video, see me like. I was trying to work out the maneuver in my head to make sure I did it the right direction and everything. So that How would many, be me. I would have myself in a pretzel. <laughs> How many oh, years did it take you to become like a more aggressive pilot to kind of really oh. crank and bank like that? I would say it took me 13 years. Oh. So there's, there is a backstory to my, my timeline. I haven't flown straight through on, you know, since I learned, I had an accident when I was younger too. So I had a, I had a moment where I stepped back from the sport for a while to realize that I maybe need to, you know, learn a little bit more. And it, there was a lot of reasons why I stopped for, after that, obviously being one scared and two, just financially, it took a lot to, to continue on to, you know, rebuild a motor and everything too. But long and short of it is I, I ended up running into a building because I got caught in some wind shear that folded my wing in half. And Ooh. I didn't have enough uh, experience at the time to know what to do. And I kind of froze and I just let my hands up and then I just, I let it happen. And luckily, I guess, luckily right before I hit the hanger, it, uh, it opened up again and I kind of got some lift from it. And I just clipped the hanger. And as I did, i came down, I basically twisted under my wing and landed on the ground. I don't remember any of that part, but uh, it, it shattered my frame. I had zero scratches on me. I had a twisted ankle because I think my ankle clipped the side of the building too. But other than that, it just, uh, it, it made me step back from the sport for a little while. So. Yeah, How that, long was your break? Uh, was it four or five years? 16 when you did, or 17 when you crashed? And, yeah. I was 17 when I crashed. It was 19 or oh, 20. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I was out of it for about five, five years. So just uh, basically the reason why I didn't get back into it right away is I was simply I needed I needed somebody else to fly with. And I didn't know too many people at the time. And there wasn't a lot of people in my area that flew. And Facebook really wasn't that well put together yet. And there's a million excuses. But for one, I just wanted I wanted someone to be with me so that they could watch me. So I wasn't just going out making stupid decisions on my own because, you know, I was questioning everything, which is fair i think but i uh i finally found some guys through a, a facebook group that was set up in minnesota and uh i just said i'm gonna come out and meet you guys and they watched me and they got me back into it and then after that it was just full on so i went right after it and i haven't stopped since really so shout out to jeff and chris yeah i don't snack. they're probably not watching but uh, <laughs> back up in minnesota those guys we just saw them right before oshkosh so always get to go back and meet those guys again yeah, hey, I a uh, friend, um, and I'm in a group with uh, Minnesota PPC and paramotor people right. over there. So, right. Yeah, so hopefully they're in there and they saw the the ad for the show. For sure, yeah. And if you probably could go all the way back and do a deep dive and see when I first reached out on that group. <laughs> you know what year it was. 2014, maybe, something like that. 2015. All right, so Tony's asking, what kind of waivers do you use for the school and can you have a video waiver well we have so we have oh, four waivers that we use uh it's basically uh simply the you know like the you understand that this sport's not exactly safe it's you know there's things that can happen to you 
and you're signing that stuff. You're also signing a waiver that says that if you're borrowing our gear, there is some damage responsibility. And then you're also saying that you have some sort of physical fitness under, you know, understanding that when you get into this, there is, you know, your heart rate's going to go up quite a bit. So we want to make sure you get enough physical condition to handle that because for one, kiting on the ground is not fun, especially when there's no wind, you got to do a lot of running and two, it's, you know, adrenaline. So I think that's the one. We also have a, another one for our, what are the locations we use too, to make sure that they understand that they're on, they're on someone else's property essentially. So right. the other thing, uh, oh, Travis <laughs> wants to know if Honeyman has bees. I don't have bees. <laughs> I don't actually know. Both look in the back. <laughs> What's back there? Well, we live in the beehive state now yeah. of Utah. <laughs> And uh, we were, I think we were looking for the honey we just got, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because so my buddy Jeff, who I was just telling you guys about, he, uh, he's he got his own set of bees up in Minnesota, and I asked for some honey. So we got a couple of nice fresh containers of their uh, local honey from there. <laughs> we, I don't know why we look we for it. Bees, it's, not, it's not in my office. <laughs> like, do you have a beehive back there? <laughs> uh, Tony wants to know if you're a U.S. PPA instructor. Yep, we are. We uh, we got all of our instructor ratings and everything and our tandem stuff. So we all we follow the USPPA syllabus and we we uh, get people that are all the way up to their PPG three rating. And uh, yeah, we we definitely follow all that stuff too. We we do like everything USPPA does. We're also really good friends with Noah. He's he's hooked us up many times and helped us out a bunch over the you know the past two years. So shout out to Noah. <laughs> <laughs> so Hannah. Um... What about you? What what are you doing and what are your plans? So we actually moved out to Utah because I got accepted into a PhD program at Utah State University. So that kind of that's been my big thing. So I'm two years. Well, I'm starting my third year in the program, um, and that's after completing coursework. So now I'm kind of in the knee deep dissertation writing. So that keeps me really busy. And I, I, I keep telling Jordan after my PhD, that's when I really want to sit down because I've done kiting. Um, I've put a motor on my back. Not that that means anything, but I have. So I'm like aware of what is going to eventually be on there. And we've obviously done the trike and I've done some tandems. Foot launch. Foot launch yeah. tandems. So um, what do you think you'll do? Foot launch or do you, do you think you'll do tandem or uh, trike? I think I'd love to do a trike. Um, I, it's not that you don't have the leg capacity for it. I think you just don't trust yourself. If, enough, I yeah. think if I failed multiple, I'm one of those people in high school, everything, I was really athletic and I was really good at the things that I chose to do. Humble brag. <laughs> but I, like, I'm, I'm really good at that. <laughs> I purposefully chose those things because I was good at them. So like one of my fears is that I'm just not going to be good at this and I yeah. won't like I won't continue and I can't have him pushing me. <laughs> yeah. So Alex and Braden, if you're watching, you guys are gonna have to be the ones to push me. It's like, the husband wife. Yeah, I'm I can't tell her what to do. I'm just gonna get mad at him. <laughs> so what are you studying? I'm like, I need somebody to kind of be pushing me to tell me, like, no, look, you can do this. Like we just need to do XYZ thing. It's why I gave up skiing. It's why I gave up other things in my life because I'm like, I'm not good at it. I'm just never going to be. I don't want to do it anymore. So it's like a, it's, it's a confidence thing. I need to build more confidence, I think for sure. 
um, in the sport. I think I'm confident in other things, but. I, I mean, that's anything with students with this sport. Yeah. Confidence is huge because if you don't have confidence, you're going to, you're going to hurt yourself because you're yeah. scared. Being scared with this is not a fun experience. So. And that's the thing too. Like I've never actually had like an, an injury before and not that I'm like, let's get injured. So I know what it feels like. But like that's something that I would never want to, to do to myself. Um, so. Is know. this the Alex you were talking about? Is, actually, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. <laughs> Good job, just Alex. Out, just out of curiosity, Hannah, what are you studying? So it's at Utah State University, and I'm studying technical communication. That's what my PhD will be in. So okay. my my career trajectory has changed a little bit. I would still love oh. to, to be in a university somewhere um, doing teaching or whatever, but we... We're pretty hesitant to leave Utah, as you can make from the views we have. So, um, yeah, big time. Where you know, there's there's one university in Logan. Hopefully, they'll hire me, USU. If, if you're watching USU, <laughs> yeah, if you're watching, <laughs> I want to be hired by you. I'll um, send them the copy of the show. To right. you. <laughs> or you could just fly into your interview when you learn how to do there you this. Go. Yeah. Then, boom. <laughs> right into Maverick Stadium. Yeah, there is the big Aggie A. I'll just mm -hmm. do my interview up on the it's right next to the quad. Up on Old Main. <laughs> you're like, if you're not impressed, I don't want to work here. What's yeah, gonna be? Yeah. exactly? How much you get pay me? <laughs> you get a tenure? I want that tenure right now. <laughs> so Gladys has got a question. She's down at Florida at Aviator, and she says, "What's the best place you guys have flown?" Oh boy, what a tough question, actually. Um, well, when I first moved here, it was for sure here. And then now I've flown Oregon coast. We've flown out in Nevada, California. I was going to say, I think, I think the backside of the Tetons was probably one of my favorites just because well, I've always had a really deep connection with the Tetons because I went there a lot as a kid, you know, being North Dakota, it's all flat. So going out there, was like just massive. And I wanted to fly there forever. And I finally did that now this last month, which is the backside is still exciting but uh there's there's still more to do but i think i don't know that oh, that oregon flight was a blast on the coast which i hadn't done many uh, much beach flying yet so i i'm gonna go ahead and say it's probably just simply out here because every time i go flying and there's you know a nice night where there's really good weather you go a little bit deeper a little bit farther back a little bit higher up something you know you push just a little bit farther to see something new and then you realize where you're at it's just to me, that's just exciting still, which is great because, you know, I get the chance to fly Europe, you know, multiple times a week, but there's still a chance to have that great flight. So. <laughs> and so Tony wants to know what fly-ins have you all gone to, if any? So we've been, we've gone to Salton the last two years. Uh, we don't plan on stopping going there. So we're going to be there this year. Again, we, we may switch it up and try to go to Flying Circus. If we can make them both happen, we probably will. It's tough to do that with our full-time jobs, but uh, we do that one. And then I don't know if, well, we go to some smaller Minnesota ones too here and there just because that's where we're from. So it's a little easier for us to visit family and hit a few of those up. Um, the Pelican Rapids flying in Minnesota is where we were just were at a few weeks ago. And that's a, that's an absolute blast. It's one of my favorite ones just because of all the friends I get to see. Uh, it's a smaller fly and it's not really a huge uh thing but it's probably one of the largest ones in minnesota for that matter they so had, what 75 no 50 pilots no no it wasn't that i think there was only like i think it was like 29 to 30 ish pilots somewhere in that area but 
there was, you know, well over 75 yeah. people there. But um, yeah, I have never been to Bad Apples. I've never been to uh, Moonshiners. I haven't been out east. I haven't been out east for many fly-ins yet, which I would love to do. But it's it, we do a lot of driving, but driving that much farther out east sounds daunting at this point. So <laughs> I but, think next year I might focus on the smaller fly-ins, actually. Just because I'm from Minnesota, or I went to college in Minnesota, and I'm from oh, North did. Dakota, yeah, sure. Northern sure. Lights. Those people. We went to Northern Lights. You know, at Jade's, um, it was wonderful. It was how many pilots? Like thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. We had a great time. It was really nice. For sure, yeah. I did see yeah. a lot of the photos of that one. Yeah, it was nice. More than we expected. That's for sure. Yeah. It was <laughs> It was nice. So, you know, we drove from Mississippi oh, wow. like six, 16 hours and we had a great yeah. time. We yeah. had Mississippi. We had uh, Susan Ray from South Carolina. Yeah. And we had the week before we had um, Wendy and Justin from Pennsylvania. Yeah. We had uh, um, oh, oh. Karen and Steve up. They live yeah. on the the road um but they're originally from chicago but they just roam all over yeah so and whitney and james right that's the next question yeah Yeah. how do you know them tell us about that picture so three years ago it was three i think when we went to the first (coughs) pelican fly-in and uh pelican rapids flying and they were there at that and that was when i first got to meet meet and you know hang out with them constantly and then a month later we went to what's called the baker's feast and fly which is another uh, group of friends they have a nice little farm with a couple of grass runways out in southern minnesota hung out with them and then uh we, right after that she literally moved to utah <laughs> yeah. drove by herself and then a month later i drove down there in september so uh those that's when i first met those guys and we've you know kept in touch ever since and then now, actually, recently, James, I got him hired on with Apario, too. So now I get to work with James on a daily basis. I was going to ask you that because yeah. I knew he did that. I was like, yep. you work the same company with James? Yeah, so we were we were at Sun and Fun and, uh, you know, just doing normal air show stuff like we always do. And I, I knew they were there. And I actually went and hung out with the guys at Aviator the, the weekend before and hung out with Whitney and James there, too. So I... Uh, I was ha- hanging out with them, and then, you know, of course, on my lunch breaks, I walk out to the ultralight area and hung out with them. And James was like, "Hey, I need a job, and uh, <laughs> I need a remote job." I was like, "I can probably help you out with that." So I said, "Go fill out that application online, and tomorrow let's walk up to the booth, and you can meet my boss." Sure as heck, he met him. Everything went great, and a couple wow. weeks later, he was hired. So, man, small world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we I, I talk with James on a you know relatively daily basis now, and it's been great. So, we got yeah, okay. J- James is like one of my favorite PBG people. Like, meet somebody, and you're just like, <laughs> I love this the best mustache in the entire group. So, he has the he best mustache. <laughs> I have been in love with James since the moment I met him. Now, Whitney, I had to come armed when I met her in Salton Sea for the first time. I knew who she was. I was like, right. You know, I got an online personality. I was like, she probably thinks I'm a jerk. So I came to Arn with Valentine's Chocolate. You post that, actually. Well, so that I was, was like, here you go. <laughs> yeah. James is amazing. I love bumping into him. Oh, yeah. We, well, have, a, we have a good Whitney's time. Whitney's amazing. <laughs> yes. I concur. Whitney is amazing. Whitney is amazing. Whitney is probably. Whitney's one of the reasons. She's one of the only um, female paramour paramotor pilots I had met early, early on. Um, and I was like, 
I it was a little bit of like a competition. I was like, I want to do what she's doing. Like, I want to get to that level, and then I want to go a step higher, yeah. and then we can compete with each other. So it was a little bit, but yeah, well, I can't do that. Every female PBG pilot I meet, even if they train the same time I have, they all smoke me within about three months. I'm like, you have how many? 300 more flights than me already? <laughs> like, I just gave up. I'm like, nope, I'm just going to have to do my thing. Right. Yeah. Nick, it's about time you show up. <laughs> um, yeah. So Whitney and I, I reached out to Whitney because Eric, I think my husband found um, either James or Whitney on excuse me on facebook sure and in the up and we snowboard up there and found out that they kind of paramotor so we said hey if we ever come up there during the summer um or winter because we fly during the winter would you be willing to show us you know some of your allergies you know and we'll go fly with you you know we'll just for the weekend or whatever right well that was right when whitney was packing up to head south oh, oh no. okay but what so a great then, opportunity for her, though, too. Oh, so yeah, it's hard to yeah definitely. Yeah. So then she just kind of went quiet for a while. But um, <laughs> she actually, they came here and camped out at our house for the week right before our fly-in. And we got to know them. And they're amazing. For sure. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, she's awesome. The whole community, that's been like my, my big thing, is I just want to be part of this community. Y'all yeah. <laughs> yeah. are just really cool. Mm -hmm. And... I'm always on the ground, and I want to be up in the air with everybody. And that's, that's okay. But the ground because is fun, too. The ground yeah. is fun, too. That's true. So that's great that you brought that up. How I know there's a lot in Utah. How is the general community with schools working together or general relationships, uh, the locals? Like, how's yeah. the general I mean, vibe? So, yeah, with within the Salt Lake area here, because we're only about an hour and a half north of Salt Lake City downtown area. And there's a, a few other schools in the area. We, we're very familiar with all of them. I, I wouldn't say any of us compete with each other by any means. We, we all try to help each other out quite a bit. We don't really encroach on each other's territory, at least. I mean, I think they're cool with us. And I'm cool with <laughs> them. So <laughs> I definitely, yeah, I, I don't, I guess I don't ask them that. But we, we always chat. I'm always kind of hitting them up on social media here and there. So, I mean, it's it's a very busy area. So it's it's been nice because I, I think the, the demand for it out here has been massive for that matter like i said we have a wait list still too and they, i know they do as well so we try to help each other out they send people our way we send people their way if we can and you know, kind of go from there so but yeah it's a it's a great community i mean all the way through the state too all the way down to southern utah too with the guys down like brad roper down in southern utah paramount we all kind of work with each other so nice the area in, in good shape so yeah i always that's what i always tell people find schools that recommend other schools Right. Like, because then those schools are going to become your friend and help you out and stuff like, right. you know, I trained with Nebraska Paramotor, but whenever I go to a fly in, I'm most excited to see Midwest Paradet or somebody right. else. And I'm going to learn from all these guys and they're going to support me, you know, or just have a ton of fun. Exactly. I love it. I mean, it really matters too. like you, you need to vibe with your instructor too. It's not fun. I mean, I, I spent, cause I, I also have my private pilot's license for fixed wing stuff. And I went through like six different instructors just because there was turnover and there was a few of them I hated. And it, it makes it, it's very difficult <laughs> to learn when you're constantly like kind of not, you know, heading 
butts, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, heading butts, butting heads. Butting heads. <laughs> You know what I mean, but yeah, it's it's not uh, it's not fun when you don't vibe with your instructor. It's supposed to be a fun experience in, at the end of it. So yeah, there's different teaching styles and different learning styles. And... Exactly. And I think that's what's cool about you three is that him, Alex, and Brayden all have like a little bit of a different teaching style. Right. So like, if somebody doesn't vibe with you, they can maybe see maybe I'll vibe with Alex or Brayden or. It's kind of an unspoken thing too. We don't nobody talks about it. We don't say you're going to work with this person here specifically, yeah. but it, if they kind of gravitate towards the one of us and that's kind of who they work with the majority, okay, so but let me ask the question. So Hannah, you might know the difference between mm -hmm. them now. So what's, what's good in, you know, in your husband versus the other two guys or what's different in the other two guys. I'm not trying to pick out your husband yeah. as being a superstar. They're not watching either, so <laughs> Yeah, Alex and Brayden aren't watching. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Alex was watching. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's a great question. So I think that they all have different things that they bring to the sport. So Brayden's kind of the big acro person, right? But the sure. what I love about Brayden is that People might look at him and say, wow, you're doing these crazy things, but he is so calculated in how he does it because he's, he's a mechanical engineer. Right. So like he really kind of puts the math or whatever, that's way over my head, into each one of these things that he's doing. That's um, good. So I would say like if somebody ever wanted to get an acro, Brayden's great. Right. Alex is kind of dabbling in it. And Alex is just this, this personality that you just gravitate toward. Like Alex is just such a nice guy. So like he's so encouraging that's why no offense to brayden i would probably lean more towards alex to to learn from also i'm never going to do acro so again no offense brayden but like alex is just so encouraging and everything you do is just like yes and then i would say jordan is really good for kind of i don't want to say like the basics because that seems like i'm like dumbing you down but like that's a good somebody thing. who's maybe never even touched they don't even know anything of the sport i think jordan would be that's a really good. really good person to kind of go to because he has i mean he literally started from being like what is this like i've never done this before because um, the other guys have to but they all have kind of their own thing yeah and that's good because it's like you're remembering how you were when you were a new person yeah and you're probably using your scenarios and your struggles like, right this is what i had struggles with like maybe yeah. this person would too we yeah. all have very different backgrounds with the sport and we all have very different skill sets i guess you could say but yeah. at the same time we don't we all fly really well with each other yeah. and i mean before this school if it was you know seven nights a week if we could do it we'd do it i think we'd just go out flying and hang out and fly wow. with each other so uh i mean what's it's our... so it's literally so like i i feel like it's almost borderline <laughs> a dream that we just literally landed in like the middle of this group and yeah. like give a shout out to katrina and kate like their wives, their wives yep our Alex and Brayden's wives are amazing. Like us three are just like our little wife club. And like, we'll come and like talk about books while the boys go off and like do their thing. It's just such a good dynamic. And it's been, I mean, you guys have had like zero stress just starting the, well, I mean, stress, well, but like yeah. stress amongst each other right. with starting this business. Cause they just all work so well together. Which I, feel so, like is I hope you got a basement I can move into. <laughs> we have an extra right on the side of this yep. wall. Yeah, right there, <laughs> I'll clean your house. Paramore will always hundred percent. So Jordan, um, can, or Jordan, can you tell tell me about your scariest or worst moment flying a paramotor? Well, I mean, aside from the obvious, well, I guess that really is. I, 
it, it is hands down the scariest moments when I when I hit that building. You know, try to tell the story, you know, shortly, I guess. The idea was I was a fairly new pilot. I can say I only had maybe 30 hours, not much. So, so that was it? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I was going out to my, my mother's hometown. It was Glen Allen, North Dakota. And the idea was I was going to fly for my family out there who thought I was nuts, you know, which is probably <laughs> fair given what happened that weekend. But the idea was I wanted to I wanted to do it smartly. I, I went to the airport to to fly the area by myself. So I wasn't distracted by the fact that I was going to have like 25 people watching me because that was, you know, we all blow launches when someone's watching or filming you. I didn't want to blow a launch on that flight for them. So I was like, I'm going to get up early this morning. I'm going to go out and fly there. And then last second, my grandma comes with and uh, she drives to the field with me. Dead calm on the ground. I uh, take off into what was, you know, a half a mile an hour breeze. And as I climbed up, turned around came onto the downwind and right as I, I got to about 200 feet AGL my wing just went whoop, and it stuck and I I just like looked up and started you know trying to figure out what to do I just went hands up because it was an A-wing I thought it would open up on its own and it did but it took about you know 10 seconds but that's all it took for me to get down low enough where that hanger got into my play and like I said earlier right as I got close to the hanger it actually opened back up and it popped up I think I may would have hit the ground potentially if I didn't do that or if it didn't do that. And then I just clipped the left side of the cage. And I just remember at that moment that I was it was going to hurt really bad. That's all I remember. Slapped in the side of it. And I just I landed and I got up and started walking. So it was no big deal in the end, aside from the fact that I trashed my my motor. The wing was fine. But my the first thing I get up and start walking back towards my grandma who had a little bit of blood coming down her forehead because I think the prop caught her. Oh. And she just goes, well, what the hell did you do that for? <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I'm just in shock. I'm like, I, I don't know what to say. So, but I, I had a second cousin of mine came out. He flies ultralights. He actually was pulling in as it happened. And he called 911 expecting me to be you know, dead. And he got into a plane after he realized I was fine. He went out flying. And he, started, he said I was getting tossed all over the place in his ultralight, even though the windsock was dead. So, I mean, it was just... There wasn't a lot of technology at the time to tell me the wind forecast. I went off the windsock. I just, there was inexperience is all I can say. So I learned from it quite a bit. And then I think once I got back into the sport, a lot of my friends said, uh, every time we went flying near a building, I would always go around things. They would go right over the top and I'd start flying around things because buildings were in my head. So for whatever reason, but I think I've gotten over that. The part about your grandma getting hit with a prop. That's the scary part. <laughs> Man, that's crazy on such a no-wind day, a, a building threw off that much rotor? No, it wasn't necessarily the building. It was wind shear. There was just wind up high. Hmm. So I, I don't know what – I can't really explain it, but uh, he said it was fine. The windsock was dead when he, my cousin went flying too, but as he got in the air, he said I, he could go through a layer, and it just completely messed him up in a fixed-wing thing. So wow. I can't really explain it other than that, but it, it folded my wing in half, and I – I mean, I don't think I did anything. I was flying pretty well straight and level, but I was climbing out, so – it was just a, a fluke thing that I can't explain, really. So, wow. so as a as someone that's now instructing and in, in like fully back into it and stuff, just as like a an open mic, do you have any like I don't know something that's personal to you that you want to share? Whether it's a a vision where you want to see it to go, or things that you wish you could tell other people, or maybe gripes you might just have about the community overall. 
I can't say I have any gripes over the community. I mean, I guess I wish the, the Paramotor Facebook group was probably a little less hostile. But other than that, that's pretty – you live with that. But, I mean, other than that, I would just say the, the thing to the sport is to respect it. It's it's very um, it's very easy to get wrapped up in, in some of the more excite, exciting things about it. But at the same time, I think just a, a simple flight on, a, on an A or a B wing, just kind of relaxing, enjoying the views is also necessary than just, you know, hucking and chucking the wing all over the place, too. So I, I try to do my maneuvers sparingly. I do it, you know, once or twice a flight and then I'm, I'm out enjoying things a bit. So I, that's the biggest thing I can say is just respect it because things can bite back quickly. And, you know, we recently I had a friend here just recently got into an accident out here. And I think you could see just in his voice when you talk to him now, he survived it and everything too, but he, uh, he's very much stepped back from it now. He's like, just be careful out there. And I think that still resonates with me too. I haven't done anything crazy since he, he did that just in my own mind. I'm just trying to take it easy again too. So anybody out there that's still new to the sport or looking to get into stuff too, I mean, just take it easy. There's no reason to push hard. Things will come with time. Just respect it and just get as many hours of experience as you can in, in respectable weather, too. Don't push the weather. I mean, I know it's it's so tempting sometimes to throw a wing out there and just go. But just respect it because it can hurt quickly. So, Montana, do you hear that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope he's listening. <laughs> Timothy. <laughs> <clears throat> so so um, what apps do you use? I'm sorry. Well, uh, in respect to flying, I use, I guess, I use Gaggle. Um, I like that one because it's relatively new. I used to use PPGPS because I had an Android phone for a while. And uh, so that one was great. Up on Gaggle, right? What's that? We can look you up on that app. You could, yes. You could follow my flights and see all the stuff I'm doing if you really want to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I like it because for that reason right there is that it is public to, you know, so we created a little bit of a group so we can all see each other fly. So, Kind of fun to watch you know each other fly alive especially if i decide not to go out and i can go see how good of a flight they really had so <laughs> hmm. that's pretty cool do you use windy and uh ryan carlton yeah i use well i use windy for sure um the the red windy i know there's a few other ones out there i i like it because of all the different models you can see i use simple like weather channel app too just because i want to i want to get the basic weather report and i want to look at some more detailed models and then I also use Wind Alert too to get live weather reporting from the, some of the stations that are located out here, so I can see trending wind directions and speeds of it. Like especially up at Logan Peak here, which is one of the higher peaks in the area, we can see if it's really strong up there, we won't climb up too high because there is going to be a wind shear layer. So, all right, um, Tim Montana, if you're out there, please put <laughs> something in the comments. I know you were in here earlier. Um, People want to know if you're out there. And Gladys is saying Gaggle is fabulous. I want to try it. And hopefully, if I remember on my next flight, <laughs> um, which I'm hoping is possibly this weekend. Uh, kind of nervous about it, but with my new knee, um, still not doing the greatest. Friday, I go to my doctor appointment with the surgeon, and my knee is... Um, w bart um i haven't talked to you lately and it's like i go to him and the knee is still really swollen and i'm wondering if i got some type of infection going on in there 
So kind of worried about that. Trying to read the chat here. Um, questions for anybody? Oh, I guess I got a question. What what equipment are you using? Did you mention that yet? No, um, I personally fly a, I own a Roadster 3 and a Freeride. <coughs> and then, excuse me, I also have, uh, my engine's a Parajet Zenith um, with a Moster 185 Plus on it. So I, uh, I've i been loving it. I got it last year. No, I, both of those things, the Freeride and the and the Parajet, I got last year. So I've been just enjoying the crap out of it. I went custom colors on it. If you see my stuff. What's, the, what's that? What colors did you get? I just got one too and I flew it twice. I, uh, I went for the green and black, so, and I just got a one wheel that matches it too. So I'm kind of, it matches <laughs> and my it matches kayak, frame. my frame. It's all, I have a, a green obsession. Your apparently. Bad, apparently. Yeah, I guess I didn't even, I don't oh, think. Oh yeah, that, that would be why your, your thumbnail was green. I just right. didn't know what, what shade of green. <laughs> <laughs> Neonish works pretty well for me. So. Okay. But yeah, I we saw all that stuff too, black. so. Cool. <clears throat> uh, Steve Clark is in here. Yes, you're late for the show again, Steve. So based in Utah, um, for people that aren't from the area, everybody talks about Moab. Is that overrated compared to other parts in Utah that you might want to visit and fly? Or what's your, what's your feelings about that region as a whole? Overrated is not the right word. Um, but oh, maybe overused, I guess, is the right word. I don't know. It's hard to say because, well, for one, I've only been there once, which is crazy to me. I, I feel like I should be there more. But it's there's a lot of good flying out there, but it's also a very treacherous area, too. There's not a lot of LZs. And if you do land out somewhere with a motor on, you're kind of in a crappy situation. So um, we, we've flown in a few different spots out there and enjoyed all of it. We've done the Corona Arch, you know, a bunch of different stuff, which That's I, my I feel yeah, it's it's one of those things you should probably do now because I feel like you know more and more with especially with Moab, right? the city of themselves doesn't like paramotors. So I would assume at some point Corona Arch is probably going to be shut down too, to you know however they can do it. But uh, how far away are you from it? Uh, I'm five hours. So where Logan's at is actually really close to southern Idaho. Like from where we're sitting right now, I think we're only six miles from Idaho. So it's we basically get that whole area too plus right here, but you know, we have to go through Salt Lake, which takes a lot longer. We have to go through a couple mountain passes just to get on the way down there. But otherwise it would be a lot closer if you lived in the Salt Lake area. Now, do you know why I was kind of confused on if you're in Idaho or you Right. <laughs> I did say that. It's, it's very fair. We're very close to Napoleon Dynamite, where Napoleon Dynamite was filmed. <laughs> yeah, I think that, 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 that was my favorite flight. It was last that, year. Eat your food. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I flew over the house that they filmed that at yeah. last year on my birthday. So that was that was a great flight, actually. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Trying to look in the chat to see what's going on. Linda is so still excited about doing another tandem with Eric. Hopefully, I don't know when by when I'm going to get my instructor rating and tandem rating, but Linda, I want to take you up sometime too, and I want to take Angela up. So, but I got to get there first. I got to start flying again. <laughs> it's worth it. I think just the experience of getting the license or the license is is well worth it. It's yeah. it's such a nice thing to have in your back pocket. I'm at a PPG three right now, so I just sure. got to do the extra steps yet. So. Yep. 
Let's see. Trying to see what else everybody's talking about in the chat. You guys got any questions for these awesome two people that are taking the time out tonight? Just one. When are you guys going to come visit? Oh, yes. coming if we come out there, can we visit y'all? Right. <laughs> we have a really nice extra bedroom. We have a really, really nice couch. Plenty of room for air mattresses. You got to come. I'll out. move in permanently. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He said he, he's adopted. <laughs> I know people say it like, hey, come visit me. I, I dead serious. If you, if you want to come out here, there's a place to stay. We will 100%. take care of you. We'll show you all the LZs. We'll yes. get you in the air. So we got awesome. gear up here too if you want to save the, the hassle of trying to bring your own gear. So, yeah. Do you have room for a camper? Well, we live in a townhome, so we don't technically have room for a camper here. But we do. Well, we do have friends who have houses. Well, yeah, yeah I guess we're just going to show up. Sorry, Brayden and Alex. You guys are. <laughs> there's plenty of good spots out here. And there's some yeah. of you are for free, too, out in these, like, these canyons out here. So there's plenty of spots to, you know, oh, yeah, throw a camper up for free, really. Totally but... be worth it. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Okay, well, I'll meet you out there, Jay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. We're out. Steve, let's race. <laughs> we'll be careful. doing this winter, but I'm going to hit up Utah like as soon as possible. Like, seriously. I think we got to go through Nebraska to get to Utah, don't we? Uh oh. I'll be ready for you. See, we wanted to go to what about Wisconsin, Deweese? What? No, you want Nebraska. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I got to go through Wisconsin to get to Nebraska. You said you were picking pumpkins this fall. Oh, did I? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> did I? She seems to forget. Um, so we were looking forward to going, like, before I scheduled my knee surgery in June, we were looking to come out that way in June, and we were going to continue on to Washington State to my husband's um, parents' place out there which we just came back from. And um, who was it that was on the show and said, you don't want to come out here in June. It's going to be hot and thermic. Yeah. So, there Angela says Vegas in the fall. That sounds good too. Yep. I'll, bet, I'll bet that dry lake bed would be awesome fall. <laughs> so right now, Tony and Angela and um, Tony's brother are on hold. So right when we went out there for spring break, it was getting towards that really hot season. And um, Tony had said, now we're done for the summer because it's going to get too hot and thermic. So now Tony is going to be going into his flying mode. So I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah. Chris Gwynn is in here. Hey, thanks, dude, for showing up. He said, good seeing some of you all at Moonshiners. So I'm sorry that we missed Moonshiners this year did look like a good time and yeah. um chris I, saw said, I saw some some video with him in it oh yeah yeah chris said that i had asked him on sunday night and i think he mentioned it on monday morning he said the wind wasn't too switchy on um takeoffs like last year but landings people were landing on their butts yeah. so so still kind of switchy i guess when you, when you folks just brought up seasons and flying in Utah, is it really preferable that you, if you were to visit to fly, that you really come during specific seasons or yeah, thermic activity? And you know, so the beautiful thing about where we're at here is we do get four seasons and they're all very mild for the most part. They can get hot in the summer times, of course, too. 
Um, I haven't spent a lot of time here in July just because I always go back up to the Midwest for, you know, visiting family in that time. But for the most part, the heat is a, a factor for then for thermal for thermal stuff. But uh, it seems like you still get flying time in the in the evenings, too, still. But winter can be, you know, cold. We do fly. I mean, I have rarely missed a week of flying since I've been out here. So it, you can fly year round. Just got to bundle up a little bit more in the winter. And then the springtime can be kind of rainy kind of windy here and there this the the activity of the stuff kind of picks up a little bit but fall is usually the best and, and the, when that happens too you know you get the whole mountainside turning every different color so that's some of my best flying out there i was just going to ask that question what's your <clears throat> what elevation are you at <laughs> we are at right where i'm sitting right now is at 4600 so the airport i think sits at like 45 something so fly there and then the, some of our spots close to the mountains are at about 48 so we constantly get up to about 8,000 feet when we go flying up by the peaks, but for the most part, we're staying around that 5,000 area, so. So Gladys says, yeah, you just need to fly at sunrise like we do in Florida. Yeah, you know, I don't fly at sunrise very often. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's too lazy or what, but. Nope, too hungover, too tired. <laughs> well, that might be a part of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yep, I like my sleep too much. Evenings, I know we're going to work, so I, I say screw the morning. So, yeah. <laughs> so Keith Gray said um, something about moonshiners. And he said, Dave Garris said 100 pilots and 33 others. Perfect numbers. Yeah, wow. it sounds like it. Mm -hmm. it I love good. that place. Luis, yeah. that was the most. Uh, you didn't fly there, though, did you? No, I didn't fly there. I, I yeah. didn't. I just had. Got got my paramotor then. Yeah. Oh my God, that was such a beautiful place to fly. Yeah, it was. Even just sitting there and camping, I mean, it was just the most beautiful place. So. That's where I met everybody. Yeah. Where I just met everybody. Where you met me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I I really look forward to um, coming out west, and I really hope we can communicate with you guys sometime and get 100%. in touch with you. Yeah. We got the gear if you need it, so just come on out. We'll make it happen. We'll drive. I'd love to fly in Utah. That would be beautiful. Salt Lake City or around Salt Lake. That's beautiful. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And he, he reminds me of, like, one of my favorite guys to fly at home because, like, he's a younger guy but total beast, but, like, one of the most positive people you could talk to. He's got, like, a phrase, like, oh, you got it, baby. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, if you need help starting up your motor, all right, hold on. We're going to give her help. Now. Like, Jordan, run now. <laughs> I probably stole it. Yeah, that's what it is. My surrogate Nebraska guy. And who might that be? Oh, the guy's name's Evan. He's pretty quiet oh. online. But I if you ever met him in paramotor. No, 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 no. We're really rough around the edges. <laughs> And Gladys is saying it's 75 degrees-ish out in Florida. Oh, it's beautiful here in Wisconsin. That's pretty good. That's kind of cool for Florida. Yeah. yeah. At this time of year. It must yeah, be having bad weather. Gladys, get your butt up here to Wisconsin. Come visit me. So, Shane Planet Shane says it's warm even in the morning in Florida. Yeah, well... It's warm here too. I did actually get my first Wisconsin flight too, just a couple weeks ago. I flew, but not at 
Oshkosh. I flew outside of town. Went up for about 30 minutes just to just to say I did. So where where at that so, seven miles um, out at that uh, RC park? No, not it's it's uh, northwest of the airport. It's uh, Lake Butte. Was it Butte Mort? I don't know how to say it. Butte Mort. I call it Butte to Mort. Yeah, <laughs> Butte to Mort. Yeah. We stayed in a basic Airbnb out there, and we went to some little park quick. It was right at sunset. I said, I just got to go. Oh. Here, I have the motor. Let's do it. So I went out there and took my coworkers up real quick, and, or well, out real quick, and then uh, nice. got a little flight in. So, so I have nice. four in Wisconsin. <laughs> That's awesome. Dang it. I wish we would have known each other before then. I know. I'm not I'm not as active on uh, on some of those groups as I should be. I I just struggle with size, focus on the real world stuff. And then I, right before bed, I hop on social media a little bit and update stuff. So that's yeah. a good way to be because you know, the yeah. people that are too active, we don't have lives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I follow you though. <laughs> oh Lord. He follows Steve <laughs> with high chances of getting eaten by gators in Florida. <laughs> right, Tony? <laughs> That's true. Man, I will say flying Oshkosh was a trip. Like, that was the shortest, most boring flight I've ever taken. But when you're up there, you're like, holy. <laughs> I know, right? I wanted yeah. to do it too, but it seemed like a lot of work and prep just to do it. But it looks like well. Fun. I had an advantage because uh, I was camping out at a vendor tent, so I could like literally walk my gear to the ultralight yeah. field. So Unlike I had, like, me, no... I had to drive a yeah. Zenit. I had to tow a Zenit all the way like two and a half miles through uh, a campsite <laughs> to the to the ultralight field entrance. And it was, and it was awesome because I was so I'm relatively new, but. I was in good form and like right before I went to go, somebody I knew was like, don't blow your launch minty. Yeah. And so I go up in perfect form and then all his friends blow their launches and propellers. And I'm like, yeah. Just giving him a middle finger as you go by. That's perfect. That's a big fear. Blow your launch right there in front of a million people. I know. Well, if you if you go to large fly-ins though with PVG people, they know what they're looking at, so it's it's intimidating to start off that way. That's true. So when I finally made it to Oshkosh after being at a ton of fly-ins, I was like, I don't even care if I don't stick my landing in front of these people because they just probably think whatever I'm doing is cool regardless. So that actually didn't bother me. I was more concerned of like. Oh, there's trees and the wind's coming here. I'm gonna get this rotor. I gotta make sure I can bank and not fly over to these campers. You know, that was yeah. just what was on my mind. I didn't care about you know who was looking at me. They're all drinking anyways, too. They're just <laughs> yeah. They're <all> oh, <laughs> he just waited till the last day when he knew I was gone and not with a microphone on the an announcer tower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I did make a mistake though because you had to follow a specific flight pattern and altitude and they're like hey if you don't know what you're doing just follow other people well it's kind of hard to follow other people when you were the first one up <laughs> and so yeah i was supposed to fly at like 300 feet and like maintain it and i was like way too freaking high yeah because that's your natural instinct if you're flying somewhere new you climb up right and and you survey and you check it out and but it didn't turn out to be a big deal but Nonetheless, it's like crap. <laughs> Don't admit it, though. You did it. You did it perfectly. Nobody will admit one. <laughs> oh, everybody knows. 
<laughs> I am so sorry that I missed it. But you know what? If you go to Steve's video, I think you have it on Facebook and you have it on uh, YouTube. I was in tears, Steve. It's like hearing you. It's like I even had Eric listen to it. And it was like, it was so awesome. Just It was so down to earth, you know, like, damn, I did it. It's like, I landed it. And it's like, I did it in front of all these people, you know, and at the biggest flying in the world. Yeah. The biggest marathon flying in the world. And Steve did it. Yep. I mean, it was cool hearing that, you know, because it's like he was sincere (laughs) and saying that, you know, so. I lied. I lied about the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so we're getting a we're getting a um a bunch of people acting up on here. They're chanting. Chanting. <laughs> Eric, Eric. 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 Eric is out in. I can't He's go working. out there. He, I working. will like lose internet. <laughs> we can oh, you guys got any future plans? Like any traveling or anything that you're gonna be going to? Um. We well, I think we're going to Twin Falls here in a couple days or a couple weeks. Is that Minnesota? No, that's Idaho. Twin Falls, Idaho. Okay, that's the 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 Prime Bridge is out there for all the base jumpers. So I may try that. We'll see. I'm not sure if I'm going to base jump. We're going to try. We'll see. Have you ever skydived or anything? What's that? Have you ever skydived? No, I've never skydived, but I have done a uh, thanks to Braden. I borrowed his. He's got a base cutaway on his one of his paraglider harnesses, so I have taken off. Uh, with my paraglider on from one of the mounds out here, and then I pulled the the rip cord. And... I recommend that video. He screams really funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I subscribed to your YouTube page that today, so I'm gonna um, check out your videos. <laughs> I think oh, it's on Instagram. I don't know if I yeah. posted anywhere else, but it was one of those a very simple video, nothing crazy. But I just remember saying, "Don't scream, you got this. You got to hype myself up." I turned it down, pulled it, and screamed like a little bitch. <laughs> So it's really quick. It happens fast, but when I'm done, I'm happy. So it's, okay. so that's why I'm still, uh, you know, oh, you check it out. Yeah. Jumping, it's pretty great. Oh, speaking <laughs> of which, do you paraglide at all? I do. Yeah. So I, nice. I realized more and more, yeah, you can do that. More and more, I've uh, realized that I, I enjoy motoring more than I do free flight, which it's, you know, really, it's just because for one, it's more comfortable for me. And I found that paragliding can be like to get really good at it. You have to go out in conditions that are a lot stronger, a lot more, uh, you know, dangerous, I guess is the way to put it. You're flying closer to terrain. You're flying in stronger winds and conditions. And it's not as relaxing to me, which most people think it's got to be so freeing just to be there without the motors and enjoy it, which it can be. And it definitely is. Right. But I'm not that good at it yet. And it's so much easier to say, like, you guys go hike. I'm just going to throw a motor on my back and join you guys up there because, you know, why not? It's easy to get up there and I can just enjoy I can shut the motor off too and then just paraglide myself that way. So I tend to do that more often than I actually do to hike up somewhere and then paraglide. But so yeah, I do it, but I I, I seem to have gravitated back towards motoring more than I, I I thought I would have when we moved out here. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> JP Tula, Flamingo for president. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I said I buried Eric in the backyard. <laughs> kidding! I'm kidding. <laughs> Here's one. Let's see. When a wing gets messed up from a student or whatever, do you in-house fix it or send it out? 
I guess that's a de that really depends on how messed up. Uh, <laughs> if it's you know broken lines, we'll order new lines and fix it ourselves. That's not too bad. If it's anything uh, you know like full on ripping fabric and stuff, if we if it's too big to patch, we'll probably send it on. So far, we've had not had to send anything to anybody. So luckily you know just between the three of us we're all fairly handy enough between you know the engines and the and the material itself that we can kind of handle it but you know, knock on wood we haven't had to send anything back yet so well i was really really surprised i um i damaged my wing um a couple about a month ago maybe six weeks ago and i had to send it in i thought there were four lines torn up luckily i sent it in and um I ended up, it turned out it was seven lines damaged and one of them was ripped from the the parachute. I mean, from the yeah. canopy itself, which I didn't know. And um, I was really surprised it was not as expensive as I thought. I was really worried about the expense. Right, right. It really wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So I was really pleased that it was repaired and they got it back to me and I'm, I'm very happy with it. That's good. So, That's good. Yeah. So Tony's got a question. So do the students get charged for any other damage? Yeah, we have, that's part of one of our waivers too. They sign, um, they, they kind of understand what the, the maximum charge really is uh, and then kind of the minimum too. So if it's line replacements, luckily they're not too bad. We don't, you know, profit off of it. We just try to make sure they cover the charge, obviously. So try to keep it as cheap as possible for everybody involved. Maybe shallow, but I ain't cheap. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just arguing with my son and girlfriend here. <laughs> oh, shut up. He, they're yelling at me because I'm wearing my son's size 12 shark. Oh, wow. <laughs> shark shoes. So, Hannah, uh, what's your timeline for uh, getting into it? Have you oh, been cutting God. it all? Or are you waiting to finish your uh, program first? I think I can feel like I can answer this too, because there's always a million reasons not to go, but <laughs> being busy is one thing. So I, it's just one of those things we, we just got to get you convinced to, to, you know, devote some time to it, you know, yeah. a little bit here and there. But well, it's just so hard, like, and not to say that when I get a full-time job, I won't also be tired, but like I come home every day, just so exhausted. And the last thing I want to do is put a giant thing on my back and go and I, I'm sure once I do it it'll be like a great like this will be my relaxing or my fun right. or whatever but right now it's just like more than anything I just want to go home and lay in bed and watch tv so I think once I get past that if I ever get past that let's be honest that's been my life for more Red Bull I've been in school yeah. for since 2010 so college so <laughs> it's a lot of school Oh, I'll make cash money out of my wallet. How about that? <laughs> yeah, there you go. When I can make money out of it. Do you have a time frame for writing your dissertation? No, so, wait. Do we have a time frame for your party? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the next step for sure. Um, so right now I'm a little bit ahead of the game. Um, maybe my professors would think differently. To me, I'm a little bit ahead of the game. Humble brag. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm trying to be yeah. trying to really front load my fall. So that I have less to do in the spring, um, right. but I have all of these kind of hoops to jump through before I can really write my dissertation. So I got to get all that done, and then next year will probably be more of the dissertation work. Um, so timeline is a little bit hazy right now, but I'm hoping to start in right now. 
Yeah. Right yeah. now. Yeah. I like try to do That's what's so hard is that so much of research is like, you have to have permissions to do it. So like anything I did right now, if I didn't have the right permissions would just be useless. So it's like, I got to write through, get through all that. It's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. As much fun as I'm having, I don't necessarily recommend it. <laughs> reminds me, uh, do you folks know who uh, Fly It Wyatt is? Yeah. 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 So I asked him once, so he's a 12 year old kid that, mm -hmm. so he has to do his school. Then he does film like Disney film, like big production film. So he works a job, does school. And I'm like, how do you balance your life? Aren't you tired? Aren't you stressed? He's like, dude, I freaking fly, man. That's what I do to relax. I know. <laughs> well, and if you would ask me when I was 20, 21, I probably would have done it because I was working yeah. like three jobs and then would still go out every night. But going on 30 for some reason that slows you down. <laughs> I feel like I'm in I'm going, going on 35. <laughs> I told Eric, I said, I wish we would have met when like I was in my twenties, because it's like I think we're going through our midlife crisis or years <laughs> at least and dragging me through it. <laughs> they do have a list of drugs that can fix this problem. <laughs> Please tell me what they are. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Chris Quinn says blink if you need help, Erica. He's gone. <laughs> yeah. Figment of your imagination. Was that really him? Nope. <laughs> nope. It was his ghost. <laughs> oh, Bill H. Oh, John Wayne says, hey, Bill H., I accidentally put on a 130 prop on my Adam tonight and caught lines on field launch. It's okay. I'm okay. John, way to go. <laughs> so, all right. Well, if nobody's got any other questions, these two wonderful people are willing to um, hang out in an after show if you guys want to stick around and join in. I will put the, the link in the comments. We can get a couple of you in. When are we going to do a spinny wheel? We should probably do that eventually. Well, what are we supposed to give away? Me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if you're a guy kinda or a like, woman. I'll take you out to dinner. <laughs> kind of like last week, you wanted that that uh, what the heck that link that was the dating <laughs> app that was busting in the show. Oh Lord, yeah. Did you still need that? Because I found it, Steve, if you need that link. Yeah, I need all of them. <laughs> I fail at life. I need all the help I can get. All right. Everybody, have you heard Steve needs a little help? So let's find him a good woman. I don't with know. I've so been seeing pictures of him going out to dinner with all kind of women. Those are my roommates. Those are his roommates. Just so they can share clothes. That'll be perfect. Yeah. Wait, say that again? Someone who's the same size as him, so they can share the same clothes. It'll be perfect. Well, he does have women's. He does has women's clothes, and he's got really cool paramotor girl clothes. That's, so yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah. they're a yeah. little tight on him. I've been losing weight. They look better on him than me or you. <laughs> right. All right. So, Okay, what the heck? Give away a new paramotor. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We forgot to ask this question. Um, John Wayne keeps asking. Oh, I lost you guys. Hang on. He keeps it. Oh, that's not it. Um, right here. <laughs> Do you guys know the the Osmonds? I, I take it they live out there. I guess I don't. I didn't know that. Like Donnie and I, I would assume so. I guess I don't know. Oh, you gotta find Donnie for me. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Yeah. We were just in Minnesota uh, a few weeks ago, and one of my buddies was doing the light show for uh, Marie okay. Osmond at uh, one of the casinos up there. Yeah. So that's maybe the, we have a connection. I, yeah. <laughs> maybe I've just been traveling with her and I didn't realize it. It was just passing wow. me around. <laughs> I guess oh, if, if you live in Utah, you're supposed to know the Osmonds. Huh. I guess we only know Post Malone. Yeah, I was going to say Post Malone lives out here. Not personally, but really? we know yeah, somewhere right outside Salt Lake, right? Yes. Right yeah. in the... I got to learn a little bit more about him because I'm not, I, I don't understand him with his tattoos <laughs> and his down-to-earth music. If yeah. you if you get past the way he looks, he's a very yeah. cool he's guy. such a cool guy, yeah. And even yeah. in the he just looks kind of different. I, I hate yeah, to say it like that, but yeah. yeah. You allowed me on your show, Jade, and you can't deal with Post Malone? What's <laughs> well, wrong with I you? Do, like, Come on I now. Do, Okay, no, I don't, I don't do I need to explain this to you. Oh, I gotta look it up now. I don't know who it is. Okay, but you know I'm an old lady. Google image search him. There you go. Hang on. Don't go anywhere. Wow, we're really staying on topic, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing I can't it ain't my fault. We're hoping, me and the guys are hoping to try to put together some sort of fly-in at some point out here. I don't know where or when or how we'll do it, but we're really trying to figure that the logistics out of that. So, Does do, Utah we'll have anything like that? No, that's the problem. I mean, well, there is a that's few, so but weird. there's three. I mean, I guess, you know, a lot of states are kind of local ones, too. But for the most part, I'd like to get some friends out here and just, you know, just find a place where we can all be and camp and do it. Yeah. So that's my goal. I can't do anything. I'm continuously hacked. I can't do shit. Who is that? I'm hacked the entire time. Who is it? That's whoever is on there, and I'm not going to open it up. There's, yeah, there's somebody there. Yeah. So anyway, um, here, I'll show you Post Malone. <laughs> <laughs> See, I know who he is. Oh, yeah. Before he got more tattoos. That's an old picture. Yeah, it is actually. Well, yeah. I can't do shit with that song, bro. Okay, turn it off. This is really important paramotor content. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, any other questions quick before we leave? Because, oh, wait, Eric's back in. Eric's in the house, guys. So, he says, hello, Eric. Over, please. No, Eric, you were too busy doing other things. So, no. But everybody was chanting for Eric. <laughs> and Travis DuPont thinks he has a wrench. So. I was covering it so you guys could get there, but you guys went there already. And I'm freaking sold. I need to make it out to Utah. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely, yeah. man. 
take take Travis. Come on, I'm gonna send you more cheese curds. He's saying <laughs> they're drifting away. <laughs> <laughs> cheese curds, it is, dude. <laughs> Sorry, Travis. I got the uh, I got the um. What is that stuff called? <laughs> I forgot what it is. Boudin. Boudin. I got the boudin. Hey, have you guys ever heard of boudin? That's what's next. It's a southern thing, and we discovered it, and it's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> we took twenty pounds of cheese curds down to Georgia and shared with our friends down there. And Travis Dupont from Louisiana is like, I don't like cheese curds. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, if you can measure the amount of cheese in pounds, it's going to be a good time. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no other way to put it. <laughs> going to be it. backed up for weeks. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. next week's problem. <laughs> Eric, I'm not sure why they're saying stuff like this, really. <laughs> I'm, I didn't really say that you were buried in the backyard. <laughs> Shane, Shane Planet Shane wants to know what's the oldest wing anyone anyone here likes to fly. Ooh, likes to fly or has to fly? Yes, that's probably it's a difference. To fly, yeah. Oh boy, I, yeah. I can't even think of the oldest wing I've flown. I don't even. It's probably Braden's Mezcal I've flown. That's probably the oldest. It's not even that old, really. Is a Mezcal four? I don't know. That's I don't Sorry, fly them. <laughs> Who is that? I don't know. They need to go. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. That's weird. They're invading. Oh, Nick says he didn't get any cheese curds. He likes the smoked ones. Guess we'll got to you guys to oh zip it. Anyway, um. Thank you guys for joining us. You bet. Thank you. Really appreciate it. And we hope that we can connect with you in some way, um, either by doing this again. Yeah. Um, we do party nights occasionally and keep updated on your flying also. Mm -hmm. um, we'd love to have you on when you make your first flight. Um if you do any live um, videos or anything, that would be awesome to kind of see. Occasionally, I'll do like if I'm on, if I'm flying and it's comfortable enough, I'll do a live on Facebook and cool. just show everybody, you know, where we're flying. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yes, definitely. Um, Eric and I are planning to make a road trip out west to Washington State. I'm not sure anymore this year if we are. If not, um, it'll be sometime probably next spring, and it would be awesome to stop in and say hi to you guys and bring our flying gear along. For sure. Yeah, we'll show you all the spots. we got plenty out here. So Awesome. So, again, tell us where you're at on social media so we can all yeah. friend you guys. Yeah, I'm my uh, personal Instagram is honeyguy101, H-O-N-E-Y-G-U-Y-101, and then Cash Valley Paramotor. You can find all those on Instagram. And then all of our other socials are linked out there too. Our websites, all that stuff. So you can find all of it through Instagram or Facebook. So, all right, Steve, where are you at? 
you don't want to see my stuff. All I gotta say is, if we don't see you on the air, we'll see you in the air. Yeah. How about you, Deweese? I am Deweese Milstead on Facebook, um, YouTube, Wheezy RN on TikTok, and I cannot remember anything else. It's <laughs> a dementia setting in. <laughs> Great. And I'm at Jade Lear. And if you are somebody interested in being on the show and sharing your story, please reach out to the three of us and one of the three of us or all of us and let us know that you want to be on the show and share your story. So I guess in the meantime, find that link and let's do a little after show. But thank you guys for all joining us. And I hope to see you all next week. Take care and fly safe.